Welcome back, everybody, to episode 26 of the Gridirons and Goal Lines Football Podcast. I'm Angelo. That's Taylor. Taylor, say hello to everybody. Ah, it's been so long. It has been long. Uh, we're we're really looking forward to going diving in today with our division reviews. Uh, as you guys remember, we are doing the division reviews right now. We've done the North teams already, so now we're going to be entering into the East. Okay, so we're going to be doing the NFC East today. We're really excited. Uh, before we get to all that, we have some business to take care of. First of all, we need to talk about our Twitter account, which I'm telling you right now, I've been bored, so I've been on Twitter, and I'm telling you right now, it's pretty good Twitter. Taylor, tell them about our Twitter. He's been getting political. What? Whoa, 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 Just, just football po- politics. <laughs> Not real politics. F- football political, yes, I have. So essentially, you know, just a quick little, so everyone knows, we, I follow, where we follow uh, PFF on there, because I like commenting on all their stuff because people hate them so much, but they follow them. So if you want to see my great commentary and my great takes on what PFF thinks is their expert football analysis you should definitely follow the twitter but uh uh, other than the twitter you can find us in uh, various places when we post our podcast obviously spotify uh, right now is my favorite where you can find our podcast because it sounds great uh and it's very easy to follow uh subscribe and and share that with your friends you we also have the youtube that taylor's worked on the youtube's it looks great honestly and then taylor what are the other platforms that people can find us on because they can find us on several platforms right now yeah, so I mean the the main two are Spotify and YouTube. That's what most of you use. But if you wanna you wanna branch out, try somewhere else. You know we're on uh, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio Public, and Breaker. Yeah, so lots of good stuff. Uh, you know we're really thankful that we're able to get on uh, on all those platforms, and thankful for you, Taylor, for working so hard and getting all that content pushed out there. So remember, follow our Twitter. That's at g g o a l l. Oh no, I messed it up. At G G O A L L I N E S. I messed it up. I always make fun of Taylor, but I messed it up. That's the Grinds and Goal Lines Football Podcast Twitter, so you need to follow that. Remember, we're doing our division reviews. What are you looking for today? You're looking for in depth research and analysis on each uh, team in the division so far in their offseason, okay? Free agent signings. We're talking about staff personnel changes. We're talking about draft picks, okay? We're also going to pick a team within each division that had a really great offseason. We're going to label that as like the best offseason and a a worst off season. So I'm ready, Taylor. Are you ready to talk about the NFC East? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm mostly ready. You know, I think we're going to have some disagreements about some things <laughs> in the past. You know, you're going to claim that I'm an Eagles stan or something like that. But Thank you, because we're starting with Taylor's Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you for leading us in. So uh, uh, just a reminder for these division rules, we're going from the uh, from how they finish in the standings in their division. So we're starting with the best of the NFC East. I, I don't even know how to say it. Like, the best of the NFC East is like – uh, it's not the best of anything, really, I guess. But anyway, the Eagles announced eight different coaching changes in their uh, staff early in February. This pretty much kicked off their offseason. Uh, this mostly positional coaches and assistants to game coordination. Uh, before we get to the players, do we think that the Eagles should have had a more drastic change in coaching in order to have a better impact this coming season? Because honestly, NFC East, I think, has a little bit more expectations than it typically does. Um, and I just feel like maybe they felt really stagnant in coaching ever since the Super Bowl run. So I'm wondering, what do you think, Taylor? Should they have really done something a bit more drastic here? No. Okay. Look, they, they went 9-7 and seven with that, uh, like zero wide receivers on their team. Okay. That's a good call. <clears throat> I like that. So the Eagles turned to experience to upgrade their defense this year, uh, which 
I think was a pretty good idea for them. They acquired Darius mm-hmm. Slay, which is a steal of a trade. I think this is going to end up being one of the best moves for a single player in this in this coming decade, really. Uh, the, the Eagles then gave one-year deals to Jatavius Brown, Will Parks, and uh, Nicole Roby Coleman. Brown and Parks are four-year veterans that have you know, fluctuated in impact, but people are pretty familiar with uh, Robbie Coleman. He's a well-known defensive back that provides some needed leadership on the Eagles' defense. They also drafted three linebackers and a safety. So overall, Taylor, how do we feel about how the Eagles address the defense this offseason? You know, passing defense was a struggle for Philly last year. They finished 19th in the league for allowed passing yards, and they only intercepted 11 passes all year, which is actually pretty intense, I think, for that division. So what do you think? Yeah, I definitely i am a big fan of the acquisitions. Their defense was their weakest point. Um, you know, they they obviously had some struggles on offense last season, but again, they had like six injured wide receivers. That's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that the uh, additions of Robbie Coleman and obviously Darius Slay, I think, is the biggest thing here. Darius Slay so good. Uh, you know, Darius Slay uh, was tied for interception leader back in 2017. So uh, he he's a ball hawk, and I think it's just going to be a great deal, especially in a division where you're facing Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, and Dak Prescott six times a year. Uh, I think the secondary is just really boosted, and that's a really great idea for the for the Eagles. You know, maybe playing Dak Prescott. You know, we'll see. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> good point. Good point. I don't even know who their backup quarterback is right now, and usually I'm good at that, and I couldn't even tell you who their backup quarterback is. Really? Yeah, I don't. Oh wait, hold on. No, I think they drafted somebody. I can't remember that. It's, it's Andy Dalton. Oh my gosh, that's right. The Andy Dalton uh, hasn't hasn't registered with me yet. Yeah. Yeah, because it's too weird, which we're going to talk about that pretty soon. Uh, the, the Eagles did not turn to free agency when it came to offense this year, uh, feeling like they have solved the situation at running back. Uh, the Eagles drafted three wide receivers but settled for Jalen Rager with their first selection. Pretty much what happened was the Cowboys pretty much stole C.D. Lamb from underneath the Eagles in the draft. It was actually kind of comical to watch because uh, they were just a few picks before the Eagles. Um, but – Taylor, do you think that the Eagles fixed their issue with wide receiver depth this year? Uh, again, I don't think they had that much of an issue with it. You're well, not going to get depth, all maybe, of your, though. With you're depth. not going to get all of your starting wide receivers on injured reserve in the same season two years. Oh, we'll see, baby. We'll but, see. You know, I'm I'm glad that they drafted you know a few different wide receivers in this draft. I'm just not sure about Jalen Rager uh, with their first pick. Uh, I feel like the Jalen Rager pick was honestly just a defeated pick. It was, darn it, we missed out on who we wanted, so let's just let's take a wide receiver now because we need to. And I can't help but think that's kind of, you know, if only they used their second pick on maybe one of another wide receiver because there are plenty in the draft, Taylor. But, Taylor, who, what happened in the second round for the Eagles? Uh, so they drafted Jalen Hurts. Uh-huh, they sure did. Which... So- we talked about before, mm-hmm. and it could be fine. Could be fine. So, were there other directions though that the team that the team should have taken, such as you know going with a high caliber running back? Because the running back class was really deep in the second and third round. So, I mean, do you really want Jalen Hurts here? I mean, if if you're looking for a quarterback, can you go somewhere else? I don't know. Again, because they they might be trying to use him as a running back. You know, there's been talk about that. Right. Yeah. So he could be kind it, of a versatile it, player. And versatility is really valued in the league right now. So, you know, I guess it's just I feel like when you talk about the NFC East, you're talking about something a little bit different from the rest of the league because I don't know. There's just been so much turnover in starting positions in that division for as long as I can remember. 
So I don't know. Maybe the Eagles are just trying to get ahead of the game to try to figure out what they need to do to to start winning this division consistently, consistently, but not at nine wins. I don't know. I don't know. Talking about a team who needs to get to nine wins every once in a while, Dallas Cowboys. So the biggest news, obviously, Mike McCarthy was named the new head coach for the Cowboys. I think we've talked about this, but I'm pretty sure we love this. Right, Taylor? Uh, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, we, I know that we like Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I, I just that... don't like the Cowboys, so <laughs> I think this is good for them, and I don't like that. Uh, so, but do we love Jerry Jones forcing Kellen Moore to remain as the offense coordinator? So Kellen Moore uh, has the number one offense in yardage last season, but they still finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, and from every report I saw, Jerry Jones is like, no, Kellen Moore staying. Mike McCarthy doesn't necessarily like Kellen Moore there. Doesn't doesn't dislike him, but I think that when you hire a guy like Mike McCarthy, you should be giving him the privilege to say, I would like these guys with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do we feel about Jerry Jones kind of saying, no, we're keeping Kellen Moore? Yeah, so I don't necessarily like it. Like I think Kellen Moore is actually a pretty solid offensive coordinator, but I do think if you're bringing in – you know, a, a Super Bowl winning coach like Mike McCarthy, you got to kind of let him make his own team. Yeah, I, like I'm just thinking of like Ron Rivera, who is who is essentially, as we're going to get to later on, has essentially recreated the Washington Redskins because he came on board as the head coach. And I feel that that probably should have happened with uh, Mike McCarthy. But I mean, it's Jerry Jones. He's got to have. 90% saying everything. So mm-hmm. uh, the Cowboys did two important things. They signed Amari Cooper to a five-year, $100 million extension, and then they tagged Dak Prescott. So those are pretty big uh, <laughs> things that the Cowboys decided to do. The Cowboys also beefed up their interior def- defensive line with signing both Gerald McCoy and Dontari Poe. Uh, McCoy is older, but continued to play consistent last year with the Panthers after being cut by the Bucks after nine years of, uh, playing for the Buccaneers there. Poe will be in his ninth year after a couple seasons with Carolina as well. Poe has not produced as much since his early days in Kansas City, but added both. Of, but adding both of these guys can really get this big man interior that uh, may improve, may prove to be the hidden secret, I think, of the division because you're facing guys like the Giants that are going to be run heavy. And, the you know, you have Dwayne Haskins that's probably going to – Ron Vera is going to be using some kind of run-heavy set there as well. So I actually think that uh, beefing up the interior defensive line for the Cowboys could be a big game-changer for them defensively. Um, other potential important veteran signings were HaHa Clinton Dix, Greg Zerline, which you were a fan of last time we talked, and then obviously Andy Dalton, which I somehow forgot. So what do we make of all these signings so far, Taylor? How do we feel about the tagging? How do we feel about the, the $100 million contract, the depth? What are we thinking? Uh, so I guess we'll start at the top. I think the hundred million dollar contact contract for uh, Amari Cooper's a little bit high, but he has been very good for the Cowboys, and more importantly, he's been very good for Dak. So the problem here is if they end up not retaining Dak for whatever reason, then they're probably overpaying a, a bit for Amari Cooper. Right. Uh, which speaking of, Dak should just sign the stupid franchise tag. <laughs> it's. I, it's it's dumb because um, Dak doesn't want a long-term deal like the Cowboys want to give him because he's worried that the market's going to shoot up too much in a few years. But he also doesn't want to take the huge money one-year contract. Like Dak <laughs> <laughs> uh, struggles, okay? You know, he, he struggles a little bit, all right? Uh, what, do you make of, uh, what do you make of the Andy Dalton signing? 
Taylor? Uh, apparently it's necessary. because apparently it's necessary because you don't know if you're going to have Dak Prescott. If you're the Cowboys, how do you feel about um, having Andy Dalton with you know Zeke Elliott, with C.D. Lamb, with Michael Gallup, with um, Amari Cooper, and with that great offensive line? How do you feel about Andy Dalton being in that situation? You know, I feel a bit worse about having Andy Dalton than Dak, but Andy Dalton is a very serviceable quarterback. And Dak is not amazing. Yeah. There's something, honestly, there's something about the potential of Mike McCarthy coaching Andy Dalton behind this, what seems to be pretty good Cowboys offense, that I think Dak should be a little bit afraid about not signing and just getting his money and playing. Yeah. If Dak sits out and Andy Dalton does very well, that doesn't bode well for Dak. Yeah, like I mean, this could be a this could be a weird Ryan Tannehill situation where we've realized that Andy Dalton should have been good this whole time. Andy Dalton did go thirteen three one year, just for like what like twenty fifteen or something crazy like that. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see how that works out. Uh, but yeah, the idea of Mike McCarthy get getting to coach Andy Dalton around that offense kind of is exciting. I think for Andy Dalton fans anyway. Uh, we'll see if Dak Prescott's career follows the same trajectory as Marcus Mariota. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, overall, the Cowboys had a great draft. Uh, they got lucky with nabbing CD lamb with the 17th pick. Uh, then they went uh, heavy with defense with uh, Trevon Diggs. That's uh, Stefan Diggs's cousin, I believe, or younger brother. Uh, Neville Gallimore, defensive tackle, Reggie Robinson, defensive back, and then Bradley Anay, defensive end. Uh, all of which fit the needs for the Cowboys and potentially have some of the more hidden talent in this year's draft class, in my opinion. Uh, does this draft make up for losing Byron Jones, Robert Quinn, and Jason Witten, though? I think that's the real question, because they lost a lot of good veteran talent. Um, Keep it, it in comes close. Yeah, like, I'm thinking, I think in this division, I think it does. Yeah, I, I, I think it's really fine. They got a lot of good talent. Um. And I don't even know that Jason Witten's that big of a loss. It may not be. Uh, I just felt like the veteran leadership was there, probably, but maybe even not. I don't. I'm not too sure with with how but, how that program crumbled last year. If you want veteran leadership, that's what you have Andy Dalton for. That's true. That's true. And then obviously, kind of just one little tidbit: Fred, uh, Travis Frederick. Travis Frederick. He did retire after a seven-year career. Uh, you know, one of the best centers in the game. The Cowboys did draft a center around five as a potential replacement, but that's going to be a big deal because, as we know, the center does play a very large role in the offensive unit. Um, the Patriots rely heavy on their center. Uh, most teams do in general, so this could be a bit of a adjustment. I'm not going to call. I'm not going to say it's going to really hurt them too much in the long run, but I think in the beginning, for the first few weeks, you might see some confusion, especially if uh, Dak Prescott isn't playing and Andy Dalton's playing with an inexperienced center. That could yeah. look for. Centers are definitely just crazy important to offenses. Yeah, I th- I think that it's a very underrated position. I don't think people realize how important the center is. I mean, the center goes out there, the you know they identify the mic, which is really important. Uh, they they do uh, blocking adjustments on their own, and just the quarterback trusts them. So it's it's a pretty pretty smart position. All right. So the New York Giants. Joe Judge becomes the fourth head coach since since Tom Coughlin left in 2015, which is a crazy crazy number to throw out there. Uh, essentially, this hiring cannot be sugarcoated. I'm sorry, everybody. It's bad. If you're a Giants fan, it's a bad hiring. Joe Judge should not have this coaching job. Uh, McAdoo probably, in my opinion, should have had his chance to work with Daniel Jones this year and with a healthy Saquon Barkley. Where are you at with this, Taylor? I mean, the the unfortunate reality is that it's just sort of become tradition for 
the Browns turn. Oh, sh- we're, we're talking about the Giants. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I did not think the problem uh, was with McAdoo. No, I don't uh, think it was at all. But, I whatever. I, I don't think Joe Judge is going to be a terrible head coach. Um, I think the hiring's bad because they should have stuck it out with McAdoo a bit longer. But if they keep Joe Judge there for more than, you know, 38 days, then I think, you know, he might end up being just fine. <laughs> That's fair. Um, the Giants started well in free agency with signing James Bradbury to a three-year $45 million deal. Bradbury was pretty incredible and consistent in, in Carolina. Uh, but then the tag on Leonard Williams, which was $15.5 million, uh, kind of weird. Uh, Williams has not had a full uh, sack since 2018 and is heading into his seventh year. So why not use this money to get a guy like Jeremy McCoy or Jadeveon Clowney Taylor? Like why tag Leonard Williams here? Do you, do you have any kind of insight on that? I mean, you you mentioned the statistic about you know not having a full sack since 2019, but he's still a pretty good player, and I think he's uh, you know pretty solid leadership for them there. Okay, so I I, I think. You're not too worried about the $15.5 million that they're going to tag him on this year? I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I'm okay. more concerned about why they couldn't reach an agreement with him. That's fair. Good point. Good point. Uh, so, but the Giants possibly recovered with getting a steal of Blake Martinez. I like Blake Martinez a lot. People don't really know about him because his name isn't Luke Keekley or Bobby Wagner. But essentially, uh, Blake Martinez somehow has, I think, one of the highest middle linebacker IQs in the league. Three-year, $30 million contract, which is a steal for this guy. He had over 140 tackles in each of the last three seasons with Green Bay. And pretty much if it was not if it was not for guys like Keekley and Bobby Wagner, I think we'd probably be talking about Blake Martinez a lot more. So pretty much looking for this guy to cause a defensive shift, I think, with the Giants. I think it's going to be played – I think he's going to play really well, especially when you're playing quarterbacks like Carson Wentz and Dwayne Haskins and potentially Dak Prescott six times a year. Um, the Giants then used three of their first five draft picks on high-graded offensive linemen. Uh, this was a great move for the Giants, uh, which saw Daniel Jones fumbling what seemed to be, I don't know, a billion times his rookie year due to the immense pressure. And with Saquon getting some more breathing room, this could probably prove to be one of the better offensive lines. And uh, I think both Jones and Saquon might excel with it. Um, with the remaining seven picks, Dave Gettleman emphasized defense in this uh, draft selecting three defensive backs and four linebackers, three linebackers in a row. Uh, but with the Giants seeming to always be a joke, what did they miss for this offseason other than a wide receiver? <laughs> um, before talking about what they, they missed, I do want to talk about them yeah. trying to bolster the offensive line. And I think that's very, very good. Um, you know, before he left, there there was possibly more potential than we were seeing out of uh, out of Manning, you know, had he had a better offensive line, uh, he could have potentially done so much more yeah. than he did. And the fun part about talking about this is you don't know which Manning I'm talking about because they <laughs> both got done the same way. No, but if you watched Eli play, he just looked like scared for his life so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, if he had a better offensive line, maybe we could have seen, you know, more out of Eli. Maybe he could have left with a you know, positive win loss, but probably. Yeah. I, I think adjusting the offensive line was pretty big. It's, it's funny. Like I think Dave Gettleman had a pretty good draft, but I think because he's Dave Gettleman, people don't think he had a good draft. 
but I really do think he had a good draft. Uh, other than the whole wide receiver issue, which was kind of weird. I mean, they haven't really tried to do much to address the wide receiver issue. Do you think that's really going to be the downfall of this, Taylor? Uh, possibly. Yeah. They, they definitely need more than they have. Yeah, I would agree as much as well. So let's get over to the Washington Redskins. Uh, so obviously the biggest deal is Ron Rivera is the is the new head coach for the Skins and probably an amazing fit. I think we also talked about how much we like this coach hiring a lot. Um, he also brought in Jack Del Rio as defensive coordinator uh, pretty much the next day. Del Rio has not been in a coaching position since 2017. Rivera also had Scott Turner tag along with him as the new offensive coordinator. Uh, Rivera coach alongside Norv Turner in Carolina, as well as had Scott as a quarterback coach. So, uh, you know, father-son coaching team right there, pretty well known. The organization continued to shake things up by parting ways with many staff members, including Eric Schaefer, the senior VP of football operations, and then, of course, just about every positional and assistant coach change that was possible happened. Uh, Taylor, why do we like Ron Rivera here? Uh, is this shakeup? exactly what the Redskins needed? Um, it's certainly part of what the Redskins needed. I don't think it alone is going to be enough to turn them around at this point. But part of it, uh, the, the Redskins have way more to work with on defense than they do offense, and Rivera's a very defensive-minded coach. So that's a pretty solid fit right off the bat. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I, I think that when I look at coaching talent, I think that, the Redskins have the most coaching talent right now. I really do. Uh, but they probably have the worst player talent in the division. I don't know. The Giants are really close, too. Let's get into the players a little bit. Or do you have a comment on that, Taylor? No, I, I think that's probably right. about right. Well, let's get into the players then. So the, the Redskins did have a pretty quiet free agency period. Uh, Vernon Davis retired. Uh, so thanks to him for his years of uh, playing the league. He's Great tight end, obviously. Uh, Adrian Peterson's back another year. John Bostic resigned. Brandon Scherf was tagged, which was really awesome, I think, because Brandon Scherf is going to be. I think that this is going to be a, a momentary tag. I think this. I think he's going to get his contract. And he's going to get his money, the money he deserves, especially if they don't have to pay Trent Williams anymore. Uh, Bostic just came off a career high 105 tackle year on a defense that has struggled. They added some depth at running back with Peyton Barber and J.D. McKenzie McKessick. And then they drafted a very highly versatile running back wide receiver, Antonio Gibson, in the third round, who, I mean, was probably one of the better athletes of the draft. Uh, the Skins also trade for Kyle Allen, which was pretty big. Uh, you know, obviously, Ron Rivera is obviously comfortable with him. Uh, what should we be expecting from this offense with Haskins in the second year? Kyle Allen being behind him, an onslaught of running back depth, uh, but no help through the air with wide receiver and tight end. Not much, probably. Yeah. I I am not very big on Haskins or Kyle Allen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's always the there's always the pipe dream that we've got Alex Smith coming back, but I don't think that's happening, and I don't think Alex Smith wants to come back to this team. Frankly, um, I think it'd be a bad idea. I, it's the Kyle Allen trade's a little weird. I think. I mean, do you really like? this guy enough to trade for him to potentially quarterback your team? Like, I mean, um, I don't, do you remember what they traded for to get him pretty late picks? It may have been like five and like a five or six or something like that. I should have had that up here. Sorry. Uh, because the, I mean, there is a, there is a good amount of value in familiarity 
right. Hey everyone, sorry, just wanted to remind everybody who's listening, uh, we are actually recording remotely right now, and uh, we did have some technical difficulties, our first technical difficulty, so bravo on us, Taylor. So Yay, we did it. We're, we're going to pick back up with our Kyle Allen talk, so forgive us if we kind of repeat what we said, so let's get back to Kyle Allen here. Uh, so, real quick, I just want to throw out, the Redskins are so bad they can even ruin our podcast. Oh <laughs> Oh, that was good. That was good, Taylor. So um, we did look into – so Kyle Allen was traded for a fifth-round pick, Taylor. So does that make you feel better about Kyle Allen? Yeah, I think I think that's fine. Um, I think it's great for the Panthers. <laughs> I, sure. I mean, the Panthers get value out of a player that maybe they didn't want. Yeah. But then, you know, the Redskins are kind of not giving up a whole lot of value for a player that they did want. You know, if uh, if Ron Rivera has, like, little to no faith in Dwayne Haskins – then he's going to need a quarterback to try to salvage the season. You know, why not go with someone that he's used to? Yeah, that's fair. I, man, I, I know we're not doing our season predictions right now, but I see like maybe four wins out of this team. I don't even know. I don't even know if that's possible. Honestly, they could go winless until the last few weeks of the season. All right. So the Redskins did, uh, they fell in line with the rest of the division and turned to youth when it came to the defense. So obviously Chase Young being selected with the number two pick was no shocker. Uh, later in the draft, they turned to Cleek Hudson to fill in a defensive end need that was, uh, um, as well as another defensive end and defensive back. So, but overall, the defense seemed to have pretty much been ignored for big time talent. Um, there were plenty of other major signings, but no names to really shell out for. Uh, should the Redskins be concerned with being outplayed on both sides of the ball this coming season, Taylor? If so, is Rivera looking at some long-term success of years? Are the Redskins willing to wait for that long-term success? Uh, I mean, I think the Redskins need to be. Uh, I mean, as bad as they are, you can't expect to turn that around in even a, a two seasons or probably not even three. Right. Um, you know, you, you, you've got to put some work into this and kind of getting some of these younger players going is the, the cornerstone of that. If, if either Dwayne Haskins or Kyle Allen ends up being, you know, pretty good or really good, you know, they'll, they'll last a while. And if not, there are plenty of, there are going to be plenty of uh, opportunities the next couple of years to draft some good quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got Chase Young going and, so, you know, some of those other younger players that you mentioned, uh, you know, they, if they get some running backs whose combined age isn't 324, then, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, I know we're projecting a lot here, but I think the Redskins are going to have a pretty good shot at drafting Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence next year. And I think that they're just going to. I think they're going to they're going to have to bail on Dwayne Haskins. They're just going to have to draft one of those guys cuz mm-hmm. I think that's what the future of this team is. I don't I, I agree with you it's not Dwayne Haskins. Uh Dwayne Haskins slipped for a reason in the draft the year before and that's kind of it. All right, so Taylor, who won uh the NFC East here? Uh you know, despite the ridicule that I'm going to receive for it, I think it was the Eagles. <laughs> And here comes Taylor picking his Eagles as the best offseason. I mean, they're the only team in this division with a quarterback, so. That's fair. Um, so, I. In fact, they have two. So, the, I. Man, I think I just dislike this division so much that I it's hard for me to really pick. It's definitely not the Giants, and it's definitely not the Redskins. So. 
I'm looking at, yeah, I guess it's got to be the Eagles, but honestly, it's just because of the Darius Slay trade. I think it's the only mm. right thing they really did. I, th- I think they did well on, well, I, I think they did well in their defensive back depth, but man, this division isn't going to be good again. It's just, yeah, it's just not going I, to be good again. I honestly, the, the division as a whole is not, I could, I would not be surprised to see a bit of return to form for the Eagles. Okay. So again, not the prediction section, but (laughs) I will be very surprised if they finish under 10 wins. You heard it here, folks. Taylor's Eagles are back in the saddle. (laughs) Who was the big, who who was the biggest loser? Um, you know, it's really easy to pick the the Giants because of like their head coaching and stuff. Yeah. But as of the time of this recording, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys because they still Ooh. haven't figured out Dak Prescott. Say, I can't do, I can't say that a team that went out and got Mike McCarthy as their new head coach had the worst offseason. So I definitely can't say that. I'm going to say the Giants because the Giants have they 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 specifically made it to where they're the worst coach team now in the division. So I'm going to pick the Giants as having the worst offseason here uh, for that exact reason. So to finish up with this division, what was the biggest need filled and what was the biggest need ignored, Taylor? Uh, So the biggest need filled was probably the Giants offensive line. uh, Yeah, that's actually a good one. Outside of just the Eagles getting their wide receivers healthy. Uh, That's a good one, actually. The Giants O-line has been struggling for years. and hopefully they've addressed it you know we'll see how these draft prospects you know work out and stuff but yeah that's a that's that's actually i think a really good analysis there um i'm going to i know you haven't i know you haven't done your uh, what was the biggest ignore but i'm kind of going to piggyback on you here i think the giants did a good job at filling where they needed outside of wide receiver like i mm-hmm. don't think the giants i don't think the giants are going to win eight games this year but I think what they did in getting Blake Martinez and what they did in kind of filling out their offensive line, like you said, is I think they made a statement that they want to try to be competitive. And that's kind of the biggest thing I think the Giants just need to do because Giants fans and this division in general is just so historic. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with them for biggest need for, for the biggest need filled. So what about the biggest need, need ignored, Taylor? I mean, you, you probably know what I'm going to say here. And that's uh the the biggest need ignored is breaching an agreement with Dak Prescott. Yeah, uh, Taylor. If if you can't tell everyone, Taylor loves Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak Prescott is Taylor's favorite quarterback in the league. Obviously, <laughs> I think uh, I think the biggest uh, need ignored here was just everything else that the Redskins should have done. <laughs> I think the Red I think the Redskins did so uh, little yeah. to become competitive. Yeah, I, I just think the Redskins did so little to become competitive that uh, that's the biggest need that was ignored was wide receiver, uh, tight end, defensive back, linebacker, every little aspect other than signing Ron Rivera, or not signing, but hiring Ron Okay, Rivera, but so. they have a really good punter. They do. They have, they have arguably the second best punter in the league. 
All right, everyone. So that is our division review of the NFC East. So make sure that when you hear this, you tell all of your little friends about it and you share whatever platform you're listening on. You go and you follow that Twitter. You comment at us. You you tweet us and say, hey, I think you guys are horrible at this part or I think you guys are amazing at this part. I would love the positive comments, but if you want to get snippy with me, I, I probably can get – I can probably take it. I can probably shell it out as well as as well as take it in. So, Taylor, do you have anything for people before we head out? Uh, yeah, if you give us negative criticism, I won't criticize you for trying to help us. So that, that's <laughs> Angelo's job, I guess. There you go. I, I have to handle all that. So, all right, everybody. Uh, we will see you next time with the AFC East. Thanks for listening.